Before we get started, let's be clear on a few things. We are not alone. We never have been alone. And they're still here. Pulling strings in the background while we ride the perpetual hamster wheel. There is a connection between science and spirituality, and that connection is the key to abundance, prosperity, and fullness of life. We are clearly being led astray by the powers that be, on purpose, and this has been going on for thousands of years. We will not just scratch the surface of these glaringly blatant hidden truths. We will dig deep, as deep as possible, and then expose, share, and grow wiser as we ride this new wave of global awakening. Hello, my awakened and kindred truth seekers. Welcome to episode eight of the Wokeish Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Cavalius, who also happens to be a targeted starseed whose rebellious nature and unwavering truth seeking has made the men in the shadows really uncomfortable. And they try to return the favor on a daily basis. <laughs> but I think they're finally starting to understand that I've become fully aware of my soul's mission and that my soul just didn't originate on this plane of existence. That mind-bending truth has led me to seek answers to what existing truly consists of. Why we're being lied to and who's behind all the smoke and mirrors. Through diligence, countless sleepless nights, and a whole lot of psychedelics, I've been able to pierce the veil of this three-dimensional construct and get a glimpse of the other side in order to make coherent and justifiable assumptions about who we are as a species, where the essence of our soul goes upon death, and why we come back and do it all over again. The questions posed about life and death aren't new. As a matter of fact, they happen to be among the most ancient of ponderings, so much that entire institutions were erected in the pursuit of sacred knowledge, complete with councils, professors, researchers, and historians. So, in honor of the number eight, which signifies the infinite, karma, and inner wisdom, this episode will be touching on the mystery schools of Egypt, and why are they shrouded in mystery to begin with. Just thinking about Egypt evokes thoughts of mysticism and intrigue. The pyramids of Giza come to mind almost immediately. The true nature of what they really were and the purpose they served has just recently been illuminated. In case your soul hasn't fully come online quite yet with, you know, our present age of Aquarius, the Great Pyramid was actually a power plant, creating clean energy by harnessing the resonance and sacred geometry of the planet and then focusing it into a node-like point with the exact structuring and alignment of the pyramid itself. Egypt was the epicenter of knowledge and was world-renowned for their advanced understanding and utilization of mathematics and geometry, botany, medicine, and astronomy. Egypt wasn't even called Egypt back then, it was called Kemet. The words chemical and alchemy are both derived from Egypt's original name. But when Alexander the Great came through with his diverse army of Macedonians and Greek elite warriors, he liberated them from the oppressive and power-hungry Persian Empire, and that's the name he gave them. The Greek scholars of the time devoted themselves to the teachings of the Egyptian mystery schools, such as Pythagoras and Plato. The principals, or headmasters, for lack of a better term, primarily recruited young men and women at the age of 14. By the age of 21, they would be fully initiated and then could progress to the final stages. In order to be even accepted, 
according to the late great philosopher and master of sacred geometry, Pythagoras, you must endure a test of fasting, cleansing, and solitude for 40 days while practicing breathwork and meditation. Only then would you be chosen to proceed. Now, I'm just giving you guys a condensed version, okay? This is just a glimpse of what it was all about. Um, also, what people don't really take into account was about Moses and the fact that he was an initiate of the Egyptian mystery schools as well. All Moses is known for nowadays is the Ten Commandments and parting the Red Sea. But he did so much more with his staff, and he was always recorded as reading from a book while holding that staff before shit really jumped off. He was able to heal people, manipulate the weather, fire, the power of transmutation. I mean, shit, he could even summon animals and insects. I mean, come on. Moses was a powerful initiate of the Egyptian mystery schools in a time where there was no difference between extraterrestrials and gods. Another clear depiction of Egyptian mystery school initiates in the Bible is in the story of the Magi, which is a root word for magic, clearly. In the Bible, they say that there were three kings from Persia, Arabia, and India. And now that is just plain bullshit, okay? These three men were also initiates, now priests and powerful mediums well-versed in Egyptian mystery school teachings. But by that time, they were practicing a branch-off form rooted in Zoroastrian religion. The Bible now gives us a diluted account, but the Magi showed up with an entourage to speak to Herod, who was the Roman king at the time, and they possessed vast knowledge of scripture and the ability to recite prophecy. The Magi traveled hundreds of miles only by the dark of night so they could follow the star of Bethlehem shooting across the sky to the exact location of where Jesus was being born. According to the consensus of men much smarter and far more well-versed than me in these ancient tales, it has been widely accepted that the star of Bethlehem was actually an extraterrestrial spacecraft and the occupants had already artificially inseminated Mary and would reconvene with her to induce labor while the Magi served as record keepers, medics, and assistants to Mary and her dumbfounded husband. <laughs> Sounds crazy, yes, I agree. But does it sound any more sane that a woman who was allegedly a virgin all of a sudden woke up one day damn near nine months pregnant <laughs> and a group of men from far lands with mystical knowledge and prophetic scripture knew exactly when and where it was taking place? Among the circle of scholars that I associate myself with, we believe that Jesus was the reincarnation of Thoth, the Egyptian deity of wisdom and knowledge, who was also said to have been Hermes Trismegistus, the deity of wisdom to the Greeks. Trismegistus means three times great, which seemingly signifies his three incarnations of powerful spiritual leaders for each of those civilizations and time periods. If you can decipher the texts of Thoth's emerald tablets, he even boasts of his ability to reincarnate at will. Now, what you have to understand is that these practices weren't shrouded in secrecy. Not like modern-day occultists. They didn't operate covertly or within the shadows. There were no blood sacrifices, no violence, no victims, or test subjects. No demonic symbolism or spells to conjure demonic entities. There were no bribes, no hush money disbursements, no sexual harassment, no exploitation or abuse of authority. Magic and alchemy was at its purest state. There's a huge difference between selling your soul and submitting your soul, okay? It's as profound a difference as life and death. But if you wanted in, you had to be initiated and then progress through nine stages or classes, each lasting a year. 
The first seven stages corresponded to each of the seven chakras or major energy centers within the body. These energy points bridged the physical and ethereal and prepared you for the spiritual battle that was potentially on the horizon. Your ability to harness the energy of each chakra was mastered and then you had to master the integration of one chakra to the other. As you ascended through the ranks, you would be given more and more spiritual responsibility and power. This was all in preparation. Much like the dojos of Asia, you know, they, the way they prep their students in martial arts, self-mastery, and the power of unity, as was the same in the mystery schools. All of the disciplines of our modern world, both spiritual and physical, including religion, are just a fractured, diluted, trickle-down version of what the mystery schools truly were. There were as many as 10,000 initiates attending a temple at one time. And when you graduated, you were welcomed through ceremony and grand celebration by your peers and then ushered into the next temple. The seven temples stretched across one side of the Nile River approximately 28 miles and must have been an amazing sight to behold. Everybody and their mother wanted their knowledge of life, of death, and the afterlife, the harnessing of energy from the earth in order to operate oracles or advanced irrigation and agricultural systems or tune into universal energies which place them in direct alignment with the resonance of Mother Gaia. We cannot possibly fathom the tools that they possessed and used on a daily basis because we can't understand the energy produced to run them. The way we use batteries and solar cells and nuclear reactors, that would be foreign to them and outright poison. They would immediately interpret us as dangerous to the well-being just by standing within a six-foot radius of us. They used stones and crystals, bells, singing bowls, precisely tuned rooms to accommodate all of these tools, working in a synergistic nature, amplifying the frequency and then harmonizing it with the breath and auric field. Their nuclear reactor was the Great Pyramid, and those massive granite spikes that you see scattered everywhere, they're called obelisks, and they carried the energy from point to point, creating a massive grid, a wireless grid both energy and information combined in one feed. The signal probably wasn't digital, so the men in the shadows probably couldn't hack it or monitor it. <laughs> and these were the skills that were taught, being directly in tune and always able to receive the signals broadcasted from the divine and deliberate orchestration of the solar system and the star systems within radius. Certain resonances of sound correlate to each specific chakra, as is the same with crystals and stones. Colors also served a very powerful yet overlooked purpose with initiates. You can still see the significance of it in Asian martial arts teachings with the belt color progression. Breathwork was also a key component in order to produce powerful spellcasting words that we can only comprehend as sounds. Sounds that we have never produced because of our English language being so clumsy. But the ones in power who hold all the cards, you can say they have a diluted version of these mystical rituals, incantations, and spells. So, look at it like this. When you spell a word, that word now has energy attached to it. Now, when you speak to someone, those same words you just put together were constructed with intent behind them. Whatever you intended to do, make them laugh, cry, an insult, whatever the case. The energy in those words is you casting your spell. Hence the term spelling. Very powerful but often disregarded comprehension of words and their power.
Over time, all knowledge the powers that be deem forbidden will become more and more diluted as the people in power continue to hoard and rewrite it. But that's why we're here, fellow lightworkers, okay? And this is why we keep on coming back, holding this shit down till the cavalry arrives. The final stages of mastery after the chakra tune-ups was the banishing of fear and overcoming the limitations of the physical body, meaning they had to look death in the eye and then return from the dead. Sound familiar? Death and resurrection was being witnessed, experienced, and recorded 5,000 years before Christ even existed, but in a whole different light. A sarcophagus was not just where they stored the bodies of pharaohs. It was also a part of your final initiation. For three days and nights, you would have to be shut in a granite box with a two and a half ton lid on it, with the same stones and crystals and amulets that you accumulated for the past seven years through each temple. They became your special tools, imprinted and completely in tune with your frequency, so of course, you'll be buried with them too. But see, we're only told one side of a very multifaceted story, and we've stuck with that narrative for as long as today's bullshit educational institutions continue to churn that nonsense out. As time progressed, for the Egyptians, there were many wars, uprisings, and tumultuous situations that arose until around 150 BC, Egypt was under attack from some of the other Greek kingdoms and the remnants of Alexander the Great's massive empire. To help maintain their independence, Egyptian rulers clicked up with Rome, and from there, that's when you know shit hit the fan. Anything that the Romans touched was steeped in perversity and blood. And what a bad time for the Anunnaki to leave the planet on one of their galactic planet plundering ventures. Now this is where the water gets a bit muddy for me, but either the Archons were summoned by the Nephilim, or the Nephilim were seduced into revolting against the Anunnaki, but either way, they infiltrated and systematically destroyed the foundations of the Egyptian way of life. Forever, okay? The politics, the war, the greed, the scandal. The reality put in place was so distorted and with such sinister intentions that it has encompassed the entire globe to this very day. Thousands of years later. And when you look at it in terms of time, these beings live almost indefinitely. Through advanced technologies and the fact that they have a greater lifespan to begin with, they can also jump bodies just as easily as they jump timelines. So 3,000 years to us is the equivalent of one to them, and they are void of a conscience, which is evident in the atrocities of their rulers. I can name five Roman emperors right off the top of my head that were absolutely insane and clearly under Archon influence. Those people were so void of conscience that it was pretty much a seamless fit for them. They made the possession easy. And just to give you an idea of the entities hiding within the emperor, here's one example, okay? Nero. First off, he killed his own mother. He tried to be slick and sink her on a boat, but it failed. Then he said to hell with it and ordered his soldiers to kill her in broad daylight. He killed all three of his wives. One of them he kicked in the stomach while she was pregnant and she bled to death. God rest her soul. He set a massive fire to one of the towns in his own empire killed hundreds of people just to blame the Christians of the time, and then he persecuted them for years. Torture is putting it lightly. And it's up for speculation, but they also say that he was the emperor who also crucified the apostle Peter. He would throw sex parties for days, literally hundreds of people on the floors of his massive villa, and he would command them to thrust at the temple of drums, and people were killed at the moment of ejaculation or orgasm. 
There were blood rituals and all the sex magic and occult shit that you see today in the entertainment industry, politics, and even in the professional sports. As some of you are saying to yourselves right now, come on, Steph, this shit doesn't work. Magic isn't real. It's all in your head, man. Well, if it doesn't work, then why does it exist today? Why are they still doing it? Why are there 800,000 children going missing every fucking year in the United States alone? Why are there cults and secret societies and covens devoted to this shit? Why am I under surveillance 24 hours a day? And why have I witnessed with my own eyes these entities jump from body to body like I was watching this shit happen around me like, you know, I'm freaking Denzel in The Fallen or Neo in The Matrix. Don't tell me magic isn't real. We are living in an illusion. You have been watching a magic show since you were born. We were tricked into believing we were free and then they wrote our name in big capital letters on our social security card. And in reality, we are now a taxable corporation complete with a serial number already in place upon arrival on earth. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Don't even get me started. The Egyptian mystery schools became overrun with corruption and political scandal the Romans began to kill off all the priests, all but the ones that were under control and could be kept silent and were easily corrupted. Then the systematic suppression of the schools began, which meant obviously the Roman Empire was hoarding all the mystical knowledge for themselves, creating a dragnet of hired killers called the Knights Templar, who were beyond deranged and clearly under Archon possession, killing innocent, wise, and invaluable people with the name of God on their lips and big red crosses on their chests. What god was that that they were murdering and kidnapping for? Completely decimating entire tribes and civilizations off the map. And not stopping there, they had to burn everything they possessed to erase them from history as well. It wasn't my god. Don't push those twisted and distorted confines and atrocities on me. My god dwells within, right here, okay? And he never commanded me once to kill anyone. Luckily for my baby mama. <laughs> Once the Romans mastered the knowledge and the ability to use magic and alchemy to rule the masses and to also pretty much live indefinitely, they had to really make plans for the future. And we are living out those plans right now as we speak. Okay. Look around you through the eyes of an awakening soul. Do you not perceive the illusion? Our president is senile and clearly shapeshifts on daytime TV. Where the victims and witnesses of a genocide on American soil were being surveilled and gang stalked, fed garbage, our tap water is poisoned to the body and soul, but you gotta have those $200 Jordans that were made in the sweatshop for 30 cents. And Lord knows you'll have a better chance of getting that chick with the fat ass on your TikTok feed if you're driving to Ben's. <laughs> and that's what I mean. In 2021, we are so entranced by the shit we see on a daily basis that we have been lulled into a state of passivity and complacency. And again, my fellow light workers and starseeds, okay? That's why we're here, to shake this shit up. We're like fireflies in a fucking jar. And once that lid pops off, it's go time. We are the souls of the slain mystery school priests and initiates. We are the ones who agreed to return. The ones that vowed to return time and time again to learn, evolve, and raise the vibration for the rest of humanity. We have lived lives on other planets in binary solar systems. Some of us hail away from the Andromeda galaxy. So the light that we hold is forever and is encoded until the very last mission is complete. 
Resisting these truths is futile. Acknowledge your soul's constant nudges and stop questioning your purpose. Leave the hard drugs alone in your feeble and deplorable attempt to numb yourself from what you've been literally birthed here to do. We've got another 427,000 years or so, <laughs> give or take, until this Kali Yuga cycle is complete. So you better get comfortable now. Who knows how many times we've got to be rebooted into the simulation. There are ways in which you can learn magic, okay? There are books, guides, practitioners that teach classes, and there are even covens that you can join. According to the recent census, there are at least 500,000 known Wicca practitioners alone worldwide. And Wicca is just another form of magic, much more muted and diluted than earlier forms of magic, but it works like a charm, <laughs> no pun intended. If you choose to take the route of learning magic, understand that whatever ruling energy resides within you, that energy will be strengthened and will manifest within your craft. But it all starts with the purity, connection, and vibration of the soul and the vessel that carries it. Seek the connection with your soul, then your creator. Obtain knowledge through study and wisdom through experience. Then maybe those beginning stages of ascension will allow you a glimpse of what magic truly is and how to wield that power for the greater good of all. The magic being utilized by the men in the shadows is of the darkest nature full of cryptic symbolism, deception, and soul-snatching consequences. And yeah, it might be fun in the beginning, and you may live a luxurious lifestyle full of all the shiny things, and you may obtain these said riches sooner than later, as is the case when you worship and idolize the dark entities. But it's always at a cost. It's always short-lived, and you don't get to enjoy an awesome afterlife. All that you desire can be obtained through diligence, positive intention, and just a little patience. <laughs> well, a whole lot of patience, okay? I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you. But the manifestation of a legacy, wealth, and total peace of mind cannot be produced overnight. Again, I stress the message to meditate, okay? It sure makes the ride a whole lot smoother. And that's what we're going to do, all right? Episode 9, let's recap on how to meditate and see how much experience has affected my ascension since Season 1. I'm out of time, y'all, but never out of alignment. See you guys again. God bless. You can still see the significance of it in Asian martial arts teaching. Asian martial arts teachings. Shut up, Daniel. And we've stuck with that narrative for as long as today's bullshit educational institutions continue to... Ch ran out of air. Yeah. <laughs> ran out of air. <clears throat> Whatever. He tried to be slick and. S <laughs> that was my rage. <laughs> Man, you got a lot of work to do, brother. I'm sorry. Just as easy as they jump chime lines. Fucking chime lines, motherfucker. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. Jesus, for the love of God, I'm sweating and shit. Fucking bright lights on me. All right. Okay. God damn it, Morpheus. Not everyone believes what you believe. My beliefs do not require them to. 
We now live in a world where fact is far stranger than fiction. Take the journey with us as we uncover hidden knowledge and shocking truths which are vital to our awakening process. You are now listening to Wokish.